0: And turn over to Acts, Acts in chapter 1. And, uh, praise the Lord. Joel, just so you know, Sarah asked me not to say one nice word about you. She did. She really did. She just said, Pastor, just embarrass him, but that's it. So, no, I'm kidding. That's not true at all. Acts in chapter 1. And let's go ahead and stand together in reverence to the word of God. Acts in chapter 1, and we're going to begin in verse number 8. The Bible says, But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Verse 9, And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Let's pray. Father, come to you tonight, and Lord, I ask you for your help. Lord, I thank you for, uh, Lord, your your presence here. I thank you for your Holy Spirit being a part of this service. I pray that, uh, Father, that your son would be glorified and lifted up. Lord, I pray if there's anyone in here tonight who's never made a profession of faith, they've never come to that saving knowledge in Jesus Christ, that tonight their heart would be united with yours in eternal salvation. And, Father, I pray for those of us in this room who know Christ. And, Father, we've, we've come to that place in our lives where we have a Savior, where we have uh, a heaven. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be knit closer to yours tonight as well. And, Father, I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Um, if I could get, let me see here, let me get, let me get four guys. Give me a hand real quick four guys give me a hand. Jess. thank you guys. All right. Jesse. if I could have you pass them out on, on this side for me. I've got a handout tonight. It's extremely simple. You'll have to forgive me. I didn't even get the the, the text for tonight. You'll, you'll write that down for me. Acts chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. And Matt, if you can get the middle, if you and Dad can get the middle. I've got, I think, 75 copies, so I hope that'll be enough. If it's not, I will get you uh, get more. Um, We've spoken a lot about soul winning, soul warning, um, getting out, knocking on doors, telling people about Christ in the last six weeks. Talked a lot about that. And folks, tonight, I'm going to kind of, I guess, finish up that thought. And not, of course, we'll never let that thought go. We always need to be telling others. But I want to give you something very practical tonight. And it's not, this is just insanely practical. I hope it'll be a help to you. And again, just, just follow along, and I believe the Lord uh, will will use this to be a blessing. Acts chapter 1, though, and verse number 8, we have the commission being given once again. Matt, if you can make sure everybody gets one. That, oh, are you out? All right. Please make sure everybody that wants one gets one. If you don't have one, shoot your hand up and Matt will get you. But in Acts chapter 1, we, we are talking, I mean, literally moments before jesus christ is going to ascend up to heaven all right jesus is on his way i mean you look at verse number nine when he had spoken these things while they beheld he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight i mean as soon as jesus finished speaking these words he was gone do you you understand that i mean that's that's what happened here that's what what took place and the last thing jesus said you know it's i think it's i think the 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 most important impressions we ever make on people are the first impression we make coming in the door and the last words we say going out amen i really do i think those first and last impressions are vitally important the last impression jesus christ left was this impression he says in verse eight he says "Ye shall receive power after that the holy ghost has come upon you and ye shall be It says witnesses, and then he goes into where there'll be witnesses, and basically it's starting here onto the uttermost part of the earth, all right? That's what he is saying. He says the most important, the last thing I'm going to give you is you're going to be my witnesses after the Holy Ghost come upon you. You're going to receive power to witness to people, and you're going to witness what you saw. You're going to witness of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's pretty incredible stuff, amen? Pretty powerful, and I praise the Lord for it. But we are to be witnesses. Now, tonight I want to talk about a few things here and want to just give you some real practical things. But before we get there, I want you to just flip your Bibles over to 1 Corinthians in chapter 3. 1 Corinthians in chapter 3. And do me a huge favor on those things I typed out. Um, write the text down. Okay, I, I, I'd really like you to do that so you know that we use the Bible. Okay, all right, when you look at that again, you'll say, oh, hey, yeah, pastor does use the Bible from time to time. First Corinthians in chapter 3. First Corinthians in chapter 3, and I want to pick up with verse number 3. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 3, it says, For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions. Are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor." Um, we're talking about the church in Corinth here. Church in Corinth was known for its divisions. It was known for its discord. It was known for its just old-fashioned Christian fighting. Amen? These people could not get along with one another. They were always bringing up something to fight about. And Paul writes, and Paul is pretty harsh in 1 Corinthians. In fact, I'd be willing to say very harsh. He corrects them, not mildly. He reproves them. Harshly. And he makes some very sta- harsh statements. And one we find here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He says, Guys, he says, you, you're carnal. He said, You're wicked. You're, you're, you're fleshly. You're worldly. In the verses preceding this, he says, you're, you're a bunch of immature Christians. He said, I can't give you the meat of the word. I got to give you the milk. He said, You need to grow up here and get this figured out. He said, There's divisions among you. And he said, They're causing problems. He said, Some of you say I'm of Apollo. Some of you say I'm of Paul. Some of you say I'm of Peter. He said, It doesn't matter. He says we're all one in Christ and we need to come to that place where we are one in Christ. But I want to point you to verse number six and seven, where Paul says, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. In verse number uh, seven again, so then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Folks, I want you to know I am 110% for soul and I'm for sharing the gospel with whom We can wherever we are at all times. I am 110% for sharing the gospel. Can I tell you this, though? It's God that gives the increase. Some man plants, some man waters, and God gives the increase. So our command is to go. When we go, God gives the increase. When we don't go, when one does not plant and when one does not water, what happens? Well, there's God, but what does God use to plant and to water? He uses me. And so God, for him to give the increase, I have to obey his command to go out and tell others. But it is God that gives the increase. Now let me say this. Folks, I'm all for using my time as wisely as I can, amen? All right? You that are adults, you that are mature, you know how valuable your time is, amen? I mean, I I look at my son you know, and, and my daughter, they're on summer vacation, and I gotta tell you, I I don't think any rational, I don't think any normal adult knows what that's like anymore. You you kind of look back to those days and say, man, I had time. You don't have time anymore. You get home, you got a lawn to mow, you got a hedge to trim, you got a gutter to empty out, you got the eaves to fix, you got the roof to patch, you got the the, the, the house to vacuum, you got the laundry to do, you got the dishes that are sitting on the sink that got to be washed. I mean, there's always things to be done, are there not? I mean, we just always are busy. There's always things going on. And if we get a moment to relax, the first thing that comes to mind is the 37 things that are undone. I don't know about you, but that's the way I am. And you just say, there we go. Get up and go again. But what I'm trying to get at here tonight is, folks, our job is not God's job. God gives the increase. God is the one that takes care of that. God is the one that giveth the increase. I'm the one that goes out, and I plant, and I'm the one that goes out, and I water. But God blesses, and God cares for those things. And so one of the reasons that we push door-to-door soul winning, the reason we talk about it, number one, is because the Bible teaches it. All right? We are to go out. We are to go from house to house. We are to go two by two. We are to win the loss to Jesus Christ at any cost. That's why we send missionaries. We are desiring to see people reached with the gospel so that they can spend an eternity in heaven and stay out of hell. That's why we're doing what we're doing. But I want you to understand something. It's God that gives the increase. I can only obey his command. I can only do what I'm supposed to. But I want to use my time as wisely as I can because my time, let's face it, is short. I have 24 hours in a day, 7 days in a week, 365 in a year. I think I'm pretty similar on everybody else there. Now, what happens, folks, is many times we aren't using our time as wisely as we should as Christians. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 5 to redeem the time. For the days are evil, redeeming the time. And I want to take every moment that I have, and I want to make it mean something for God. And so tonight, I'm going to try to give you something very practically as far as winning people to Christ and getting them in the doors of the church. Um, I'm going to throw you one statistic, and I'll try to stay away from it for the rest of the night. 92% of people, according to statistics, come to Christ through someone they know personally. That's a pretty heavy statistic. 92% 92% of people that come to Christ come through someone they know personally. Now if you got a pen and I gave you a piece of paper, write that down. Cuz I think that's something you want to remember. Again, I'm see folks the reason we go out and knock on doors, the reason we witness to people is to keep the gospel ever before us. My job is not to build the church. That's God's job. Remember who gives the increase? God. Who gives the increase? So God gives the increase. My job is to go out and plant. My job is to go out and water. But God gives the increase. I am commanded to go. So why do we go soul winning on a weekly basis? Why do we knock on doors? Why do we tell others about Jesus? So that we always keep the gospel in front of us. You don't get saved by coming to a Baptist church. My ultimate goal is not to get them in the back doors. My ultimate goal is to get them born again. If I can get them born again, even if they never come to this church, I can take solace in knowing that one day in heaven they'll say, Praise God. I appreciate what you did. Now, we got to understand, so who gives the increase? God. God. Do, do I? No, no. I plant and I water. Now, tonight, we're going to look at five areas of great influence that we have for Christ. Five areas of great influence that we have for Christ. Number one is relation. Relation. Now, before I go there, folks, can I, can I ask you this question? How, how many of you are, were reached with the gospel by door-to-door soul winning? Was, is there anybody in here that's just got, okay, we got one, two, three, okay. How many of you were reached by someone that you knew somewhat personally? Now, do, do, do you see, now, again, door-to-door soul winning works, okay, God blesses that. And, I, and I'll tell you this, I really believe with all of my heart, we, we about, Tim, how long was it ago, eight years ago? About eight years ago, am I pretty close, to seven years ago, we started, Tim and I, and for a long time it was just him and I for the most part, we had a couple guys going bus route, but Tim and I would go out and we'd just go knock on doors and talk to people about the Lord. And I'll tell you, that's when God really began to open the doors. He really did. That's when God started to bring people in the back door. I believe that God gives the increase. He doesn't always give the increase the way I think the increase should come, by the way. Sometimes you just got to be a faithful laborer. You say, but, but I don't see it happening out there. Don't worry. God's giving the increase. That's his, he's the Lord of the harvest. I'm just the sorry sap that's going out and laboring. And if I go out and labor, God promises that he'll give the increase. So just get out there and labor for him. Don't worry about if God's going to keep his word. God's got it taken care of. Amen? He ain't never failed anybody. He's not going to fail now. So just go out and share the gospel. But I'll tell you this, and Tim and I have talked, and we we really believe that's where God said, if you're going to have some people that will go knock on doors and tell strangers about Jesus, I'm going to start opening the floodgates, and I'm going to start sending people in one by one. And praise God, I believe that with all of my heart. That's one of the greatest reasons this church has grown. But you saw the number of hands. Most people in this auditorium, not everybody, but most people were reached by somebody they knew. So tonight, since I want to redeem the time, now I'm not going to stop going door-to-door soul winning. Okay? We're going to do that on a weekly basis by the grace of God as long as I'm pastor. We're going to do that and we're going to get the gospel. People, people have come to me and said, okay, now pastor, pastor, I want you to go see someone for me. I say, where do they live? Well, they live in Prairie de Sheen. I say, I can tell you this, I already knocked on their door. Okay, I can promise you that. Now I may not knock knocked on it in the last couple of months, but we've knocked on, and, and you folks that know this, that have gone soul, we've knocked on a lot of doors in Prairie. There's one little old lady in Prairie that calls me every single time we go door knocking. She never gives me her address. She never gives me her name. She just says, I can't believe you put another flyer in my door. And I really wish she'd just give me her name because I'd put like a big red X in spray paint and say, please don't bother her. But since she isn't willing to do that, I'm not willing to stop going so long in the city of Prairie. But we have knocked on every single door in Prairie multiple times. And by the grace of God, we're going to continue to do that. But tonight, I want to redeem the time. I want to make every second that I have count. And I want to use my influence to its greatest ability. So number one tonight, you've got the word already written down, but relation. Relation, that's, that's relatives. That's people that are related to you directly or by marriage. Relatives, okay? My relation. And, and let me do this to help you out. Now, I think you ought to witness to all of your relatives, but especially those who live within 25 to 30 minutes or 30 miles of the church. Because those people, you're going to have the greatest ability to influence, number one, to trust Christ. Number two, to get them into church. Now, I'm not saying I give the increase. God gives the increase. But I want to use my time, I want to use my ability to its greatest effect. So number one is relation. Okay, who is that? Relatives. You follow, okay? So if they're related to me, I'm going to write their name down. And these are people that are going to be the top ones on my list. Now you say, I tried witnessing to my relatives once and it went terrible. You didn't witness to all of your relatives once, okay? You witnessed to one of your relatives once and it probably did go terrible but I promise you this folks, I'm here tonight because I had a faithful mom and dad who brought me to church, who kept me coming and I got saved because of my son He is here tonight and he got saved one night after coming out of his room and talking to my wife and I about the gospel. It happens. Your relatives you're going to have great influence with. and now They're probably going to tell you to take a flying leap but I want you to redeem the time. Use your time as wise as you can. 92% of people that get saved are saved And brought to Christ by people they know. So number one is relation. Secondly is education. This is people you went to school with. A lot of you in here tonight, not all of you, but you grew up in this area. You grew up in Prairie Sheen. You grew up in Marquette McGregor. You grew up in Boscobel. You grew up in Fenimore. You grew up in Monona. You grew up in this area. There are people that you went to went to school with that you have the ability to say, Hey, I know that guy. I was talking to a fella just just yesterday. Matt and I went and knocked on doors with him, and he was talking about you, brother Tim. And and, and 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 Todd knows you from years back. I don't know if you guys went to school together. I know you did other things together, but he knows you from way back. And he says, I know that Tim. I I remember Tim. He he kind of used to be like me. And it, it was a man that that. Through ed- education, okay? So I went to school with them, or my kids go to school with their kids. When you're sitting there through that long school program, you know what I'm talking about, right? I know you love them because your kids are in them, but that's the only reason, all right? When you're sitting through that, that situation, that's a wonderful opportunity to talk to people about Christ. It's a wonderful people, to opportunity to talk to people about the church. Number three is location. Location, that's where you live. That's where you live. So, so I'm going to, number one, I've got my relation. Number two, I've got education. Number three, I've got location. Do the people around you know that you're born again, and do they know how to be born again? Now, we live in a whole different culture than we did 50 years ago, don't we? I mean, for a lot of us, some of us have never seen our neighbors. Now, folks, that's, that's, a, that's a problem, all right? It really is. We ought to know our neighbors, and we ought to tell them about Christ. Their location. They're the guy that I see walking in his door every night. That's the lady I see walking her dog by my house every day. Do they know how to get to heaven? Have you told them? Location. God, Do you know God has you living in the place you're living in for a reason? It isn't by chance that you're there. God has a purpose for that. Use that to reach people for Christ. Number four is vocation. You say, Pastor, you're almost done with the message. No, I didn't write. I didn't type it all out. Okay, so just... I'm giving you five principles, and then we'll expound greater. Number four is vocation. I could see some of you get your hopes up, and i got to dash them before they get too high. Vocation. Now, that's people you work with. That is people that you work with. Folks, I can tell you this. The greatest influence I've ever had, as far as this list is concerned, is vocation. I've been able to talk to numerous people about Christ just because I work with them. I see them. Let's face it. People you work with, you see them more often than you see your wife. Guys, isn't that the truth? I mean, you're with these people all day. They know who you are. They know how you act. They know what you breathe, how you breathe. They know what you eat for lunch better than your wife. I mean, it's incredible. But these people, you work with them, you should be telling them about the Savior. You say, Oh, we can't witness at work. You got the parking lot, amen. You you, you can take them out for a cup of coffee. You can talk about something with them that tells them that you know Christ, and you can witness to them. That vocation, use that as a tool. Your job isn't there just so you can make money. Your job is there so that you can influence people for Christ. Do you understand that? I mean, the job you have right now, you're there for a purpose. You say, well, you're a pastor. Your job is to, do, to, to reach people with the gospel. You're right. So is yours. You say, well, 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 I'm a maintenance worker, or I'm a sheetrock guy, or I'm a floor guy, or I'm a factory worker, or I'm a vice president, or I'm, I own my own company. I, I, God puts you where you are to use your vocation to get the gospel out not for you to become a wealthy individual, we're missing the point. So use our vocation to reach people with the gospel. And folks, again, I can tell you this. Brother Dahl could get up here. Man, we had wonderful opportunities working on the truck docks in the Chicagoland area to reach people with the gospel. Those guys were just messed up. Their lives were just torched. And they needed something, and they kept coming to the church. Guys, after a couple of years, we'd established a reputation, and every time these guys had a problem, guess who they came to? And guess who gave them the gospel? Oh, you're going through a divorce? Great. Let me tell you what will help. Oh, you're, 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 you're losing your house? Great, let me tell you what will help you. Oh, you're going through problems with your teenage son? Great, let me tell you what will help you. The gospel. Just kept giving the gospel. And these guys, they come to us, and it was great. The gospel. But, but, but we, we had established a reputation that said, we know Christ, we go to church, we're faithful, we're going to try to have a good reputation, and we're going to try to have a good testimony in front of you, and when something goes wrong, those people automatically say, I know a guy who seems to have his feet on solid ground, and I'm going to go find him, and I'm going to go hear what he has to say. Vocation. Use your vocation to reach people for Christ. Recreation. Recreation. This is people you fish or hunt with. These are people that you golf with. I don't know why you would ever golf. Amen? I can't golf. But these are people you play in, 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 in the summer softball league with. These are people you bowl with in the league. These are people that you go four-wheeling with. These are people that, that you do things in your free time with. You ladies, you go shopping with them or you go out and you do some some things. These are people that you spend time with. And, folks, these 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 recreation type of people are people that you're generally close to. Use that as an opportunity to say, man, my father was able to lead a wonderful business acquaintance to the Lord because they had recreation together. Tom used to come up and go hunting almost religiously every year with my father at his cabin. And when the time came for Tom's life to end, he told his wife, he said, call Mike. Mike knows how to get me ready for eternity. And my father went up to the Milwaukee area and was able to lead Tom Merrick to Christ just just days before he went into eternity. And that man's in heaven because my father gave the gospel to a man that he had recreation with. Don't use your playtime just for playtime. Use your playtime to reach people with the gospel. You say, but they won't listen. Folks, you don't know. Now, I'm trying to help you tonight with something practical that's going to help you to use every available moment you have wisely. These are people that are the most reachable in your life. And folks, I believe that this is very simple. Now, I'm going to give you some things that you can do To reach these people and it's going to be simple not not going to be anything complicated not anything you haven't heard before but number one make a list and write their name down make a list and write their name down I can't tell you how many times that I have meant to do something and I didn't because I didn't write it down you say, well, man, Pastor, while you've been talking, I've thought of three or four people. There, there's a guy I work with. There's, there's my aunt. Uh, there, there's that, that fella we go fishing once or twice every summer. He comes down, or I go up there, and we fish. We just, but, but there's been a couple names that have come to mind. Number one, write their name down. Make a list and write their name down. Okay, everybody with me so far? Okay. Secondly, write their address and telephone number down. Write their address and their telephone number down. Number three, saturate it with prayer. Saturate it with prayer. Now these people are people that I believe God has placed you where you're at with your sphere of influence to reach. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, they're, not, they're not people that God has for me to reach. They're people that God has for you to reach. So I'm going to write their name down. I'm going to put their address and their phone number. I'm going to put, put, put a little bit of conviction behind that and then I'm going to start praying about it, and I'm going to take their name to God, and I'm going to say, God, Boy, Aunt, Aunt Roberta, she needs to get saved. Man, that, that guy, that, that 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 Joe at work, he's, man, he's he's a good guy and he needs to get saved. And, uh, folks, I got to tell you, the fellow I went and saw yesterday, the new Tim, years and years ago, is a fellow I worked with 15 years ago. And for 15 years, I have been trying to witness to that man and share the gospel with that man. And for the first time, and Brother Matt will tell you this, that man let me go through the whole entire plan of salvation with him yesterday and he listened to me. Every other time for the last 15 years that I've gone over there, and I've gone over there 10 or 12 times through the years, he He's always cut me off. Nice guy. He's always shifted the conversation, made it very plain that he didn't want to talk about it. For the first time in his life, yesterday, he let me go through the whole plan of salvation, and I asked him, I said, would you like to pray? Would you like to bow your head and trust Christ right now? He said, not right now. He said, but if I ever do. Now, folks, God's used some things in his life, and I won't go into his whole story. But God's put him in a position where he's starting to listen. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I've prayed for him. I know my wife's prayed for him. I've bathed that name down in prayer. I have his name written down. I have his address written down. By the way, his address has changed three times in the last 12 years. I've got what I can have for him written down. And that name means something to me. And by God's grace, that man's going to get saved because I'm going to keep going back and back and back until he either tells me never to darken the door step again or he trusts Christ. So I'm going to pray over them. I'm going to pray over them. Folks, do you know that God can do some incredible things in people's hearts? And I mean this. Sometimes we get too caught up in our own ability. Our ability really lacks, okay? You go back to 1 Corinthians in chapter 3. It says, now he that planteth and he that watereth are one and every man. I'm sorry, go to verse 7. So he, so then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth. God says the guy that plants and the guy that waters, he says they aren't really much. It's God that gives the increase. And I understand that, all right? I'm not much, but I know if God's on my side and God's working through me and God's using me to give the gospel to him, I know that his word won't return void and I know that Holy Spirit of God has something to work with in his heart. And I start to pray about it. Guess what happens? That seed that I planted begins to open. Whether he likes it or not, praise God. The prayer of a righteous man Fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So I'm going to start praying about it. I'm going to pray over this man. I'm going to pray over this woman. I'm going to pray over my mom. I'm going to pray over my aunt. I'm going to pray over my friend. I'm going to pray over them. And by God's grace, something's going to happen. lastly, I'm going to invite them to come to Christ. And I'm going to invite them to come to church. Now, you've got to go all the way with this. You get the name, you write it down, you get their address, you get their phone number, and you pray about it. But if you stop there, you are making a huge mistake. Remember, we started out by talking about what do we do? I plant and I water. God gives increase. But I got to plant and I got to water. Folks, if we don't go, God's not obligated to do his job. God is gracious and God is good and God works miracles and people get saved in incredible ways. But you know what God's primary way is? It's what he told, or what he had his only begotten son tell his apostles before he went up. He said, you are to be my witnesses. He said, you are to tell others what I've done. You are to tell others why I came. You are to tell others my purpose. He says, you are to be my witnesses. And, folks, tonight I want to challenge you. I'm trying to give you some, I'm trying to be as practical as I can tonight with you. Because so many people say, well, well Pastor, what's, what's the best way to win a soul to Jesus Christ? I'm going to tell you, I think it's really the last thing I've said tonight. I think it's tell them. All right? I think all of these things I've mentioned are very important, but if we never tell them, how are they going to know? If we just shut our mouth and and, and go with the flow, and folks, it's sad, but we do that. There are people you have worked with for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years that don't even know you're a Christian. Shame on us. There are family members that don't even know that you go to church on Sunday because you skip church to go to the family reunion. One of the best things you could do is say, I'm going to be late to the family reunion this year because my family and I, we are going to church first. Oh, that's weird. You better believe it is. You want to hear something weirder? Let me talk to you about heaven and hell. You'll really freak them out. But folks, we've got, we've got to do some things here that say, hey, I'm, I'm a born-again child of God, and I'm going to do something to influence you with my life. Folks, let's face it. Guys, you, you and, and ladies, you in the workplace, you know how they curse. You know the music they listen to. You know what they did last weekend. You know the illicit relationships they've had, and they don't even know that we're born again. What's wrong with that picture? Well, I wouldn't want to be offensive, They're offensive. I'm going to offend them with the Word of God. If there's anything worth offending someone with, it is the Bible. Man, let it rip. Amen. Amen? I mean, folks, it's amazing to me how we will just shrink back and we'll be these polite little wildflowers and we'll just say, oh, I'm going to let the world run roughshod over me. No, we're supposed to take the gospel to people and let the Holy Spirit of God run roughshod over them. Holy Spirit's going to shake some people up if we'd start getting this to people. But we, lastly tonight, we've got to invite them to Christ in the church. Again, this church will never save anyone. But the message that this church preaches will. Okay, and again, folks, just because you get them in the back door and you get them to come to church once, don't you think that your job is done. You've got to get them to Christ. All right? It's, you say, oh, oh pastor, you, they'll listen to your sermon. Great, but my sermon might not touch their heart like you could if you shared the gospel with them. Because you know them. I never met him before in my life. I talked to a man several years ago and going through a very difficult time in his life. I'd met him one time at a church service. And I told him on the phone, I said, brother, I said I love you. I don't know you. I'm praying for you. And he said, you got to tell me that. You're the pastor. I wasn't mad at him. It's the truth. What he needed was that friend that brought him to church to say the same thing. Because that man knew him. He didn't know me from Adam. He didn't know if I was telling the truth or just <laughs> giving him the pastor speak. Now, I had prayed for him, and I do love him in the Lord. But folks, I've got to tell you, from someone that he knows, it means a thousand times more. And so tonight, I'm gonna, I'm, just challenging, I'm doing everything I can to try to give you something very practical to walk out of here with. Hey, Pastor, how, how do I win people to Christ? We've talked about that. You've got to tell them. You've got to go out. You've got to knock on the door. You've got to step outside your comfort zone. We've talked about all sorts of things throughout the last several weeks. But what I've got to tell you tonight, I've given you five areas that are very practical, five areas of people, spheres of influence that pretty much every single one of us have in here tonight, of people that can be reached with Christ. Can I ask you, will you make a list? Will you write their name down? Will you write their phone number and their address down by it? Will you pray over it? And lastly, will you tell them? Will you tell them? Christians, tonight, again, I, I want to see God do something incredible in this area. I want people to be talking about this church, not because we had three squad cars in the parking lot a couple days ago, but because, hey, your parking lot, you have to add on, don't you? Are you going to build a bigger auditorium? What, what are you doing out there? Hey, what's, what's going on? I heard, I, I, you know, I heard about an adult getting baptized. That's weird. You do know that most churches don't believe in adult baptism for the most part. I want people to start getting shaken with the gospel. And folks, it starts with us. Who is, who is Paul? Nothing. Who is Apollos? Nobody. Who is Christ? We heard about him, and I'll tell you where. We're just supposed to be ministers, witnesses. And tonight, folks, I just want to challenge you. One last time, try to give you something practical. Go home with it and do it. Please do it. Don't say, oh, that sounds like a good idea, and one of these. No, that that name, those two or three names, God put on your heart tonight. Would you please write them down before you leave tonight? Turn that piece of paper over, write their name, and go home and start praying over that by the grace of God the Lord's going to give you an opportunity to reach them with the gospel you plant and you water and let's watch God do a work all folks tonight I just challenge you let's go ahead and stand to our feet folks I've been short tonight I've tried to be straight to the point I believe with all of my heart that this area is ready to have a church that loves them enough to reach them with the gospel, grab hold of it. I do. There have been more people saved out door knocking, just door-to-door soul winning in the last six weeks than in the last two years. Almost combined, maybe not quite that, maybe in the last year combined. But this area is opening up. And folks, God is presenting us with a t- uh, an opportunity and a chance. I pray that by the grace of God, we don't miss it. You say, Well, God gives the increase. I know, you plant and you water. Don't be guilty of one day looking back and saying, ah, You know, <laughs> Old Joe at work, I heard he died. I hope he, I hope he heard. I hope he got saved. Man, I hope, that, you know, I, that guy, I mean, we used to have a lot of fun at work together. No, I, I hope you know that he heard the gospel from your lips. Just please tonight, take, take hold of that. As the instruments begin to play, if the Lord's laid something on your heart, you come to the altar. Folks, the man that was baptized this morning was reached by Brother Wojciechowski. He just goes into the jail once a week. He in, He's done that faithfully for probably, what, about a year now? It's eight months. Yes. He and Heather go in. Heather goes in every other week and when the ladies are there. But Matt put himself in a position where he could influence people. It isn't the most pleasant thing going into a jail, especially when Matt, and I hope you don't mind me saying it, but his, his testimony... Tells me that he spent some time there, not for the right reasons when he was younger. Now they let him in and let him out in the same night. <laughs> but Matt put himself in a position so he can influence people. Now, folks, I believe with all of my heart, God's put us already in places where we have influence. We just don't see it. Tonight, I've tried to give you some areas where, right? I-, I want you. I want you. To stop <laughs> missing the forest for the trees okay God's placed us where we are he's strategically put us in that place let's use that, that family that those people we went to school with, those people we work with, those people we play with God's put us there to reach them let's do what we can let's be dismissed with a word of prayer Brother Dan Lorenz, can you dismiss us?